0: continuing the series on man the image of God and we have uh, gone through various aspects of man up until now we've looked at um, in the series so far we've looked at the will of man we've looked at the conscience of man and we have looked at the spirit of man in this uh, series of teachings we're wanting to look at the mind of man and um, so we're going to just go straight into it um, scripture that we'll open up with, um, because we, again we want to just lay the groundwork um, for this series of teaching on the mind of man, because it, it's all interrelated uh, with the previous teachings that we've done so far on the various parts of man, because uh, is all of those parts make up the whole man, so we need to bring it all together. So the scripture that we want to look at is in John chapter 3, verses 3 to 5. Scripture says that, Jesus answered and said to him most assuredly I say to unto you unless one is born again <clears throat> excuse me he cannot see the kingdom of god nicodemus said to him how can one how can a man be born when he is old can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born jesus answered most assuredly I say to you unless one is born of water and the spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of God and so this is this passage of scripture is is enlightening for us from the point of view of it helps us to understand that there are different parts of man and unless we understand what those parts are and um, how those various parts uh, function then we will miss out on spiritual truths that are revealed to us in the scriptures and in this particular case here Nicodemus was an Old Testament saint, he was a a scribe, he was a teacher of Israel, so he was very knowledgeable uh, on the Old Covenant. But nevertheless, our Lord introduces him to a new concept in the New Testament, and he says you must be born again. Now, nobody had ever spoken about being born again under the Old Covenant, so this is a new uh, concept for him, he doesn't understand it. And he straight away tries to understand what our Lord is speaking about by uh, referring to his understanding in the natural. And because he's uh, trying to graft in the natural, what the Lord is teaching him from a spiritual point of view, he misses it entirely. But obviously, under the new covenant, once we're in Christ, the veil is taken away in Christ, and we are able to understand certain truths to us as they are revealed to us in Scripture. And so we understand. That our Lord was talking about the spirit of man being born again. Nicodemus did not and could not understand that. Um, and so, that's just a passage to highlight to us that, uh, you know, unless we have a full understanding of the various parts of man, there are going to be certain truths in the scriptures, even under the new covenant, there are going to be hidden from us and also we're not we're going to get confused when we look at certain portions of scripture because the two portions of scripture almost seem to contradict each other but when you recognize that this passage of scripture is right is referring to the soul of man for argument's sake and this passage of scripture is referring to the conscience of man well then you can begin to rightly divide the word of truth and the bible starts to make a lot more sense um, spiritually that is and so, yeah, that's one of, one of the reasons why we do study um, this particular subject, in man, the image of God, because that's who we are. We have been created by God in his image, so we should know you know, what we're all about so that we can function as God intended us to function. Um, another scripture we can look at in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, the scripture says, Therefore we do not lose heart, Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. And so the Bible very plainly teaches us uh, that we have this outward man and we have an inward man. The outward man being made up of our physical bodies, including the organ of the brain. And the inward man is made up of also various parts. So just as the outward man has all of these different parts that make up the whole outward man, the whole body. Um, so the inward man also has various parts that make up the whole in, inward man. And so scripture plainly teaches us that there are the two parts of man. Now we see in this realm, we only see the outward man. We don't get to see the inward man, but nevertheless, the inward man is there. That Peter calls him the hidden man of the heart, the hidden person of the heart. He's hidden because he's dwelling inside of the outward man which we get to see um, and so the, the bible talks about the the inward man he there are different the bible calls it the inner man the inward man the inward parts uh, the soul of man the heart of man there are various uh, titles given to the whole inner inward man um, and so we mustn't get too hung up on um words and 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 start to dissect it too too greatly because if we do then we then the scriptures become confusing all over again um because as i say there there are different titles given to the inner man um it, it, we just read it uh, the inward man and uh, i've quoted the inner man uh, 2 peter uh, 1 peter 3 4 he calls it the hidden person of the heart um when Noah and his family were saved uh, in the Ark the Bible in the book of Hebrews says eight souls were saved and so that is referring to the whole person um, and it says that they, their souls were saved um, so you people tend to take that word soul and think okay well that, uh, because in uh, I think it's in Hebrews again it says that um, their souls are being saved and so so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm quoting it out of context, um, but nevertheless, there's there's different titles given to this in, inward man that we are, um, and so we just need to bear that in mind. That quite often the scriptures does does refer to the heart of man as being the whole inner man, and quite often the scripture refers to the soul of man as being the whole inner man. Um, but nevertheless, that inner man still has different parts to his makeup. And that is what we're wanting to uh, concentrate on in these passages of Scripture. Another one we can look at is in Psalm 139, verse 13 and 14. The Scripture says, For you formed my inward parts, you covered me in my mother's womb. We'll just stop there, we don't need to go any further. So he talks about inward parts, plural. And again, he's referring to the inner man. So there's another terminology given to this inner man inward parts um, but the point is is that it's more, the inner man has more than one part because the inward man has uh, inward parts and he says uh, you covered me in my mother's womb so when, he's, when the writer says that he's talking about the inward man being covered by the outward man while in our mother's womb so God um, covered our inner man with these physical bodies that we dwell in uh, from our mother's womb and that is the, the, the house that we live in for our time that we're on this earth. And so, you know, we, we're just going through all of these uh, scriptures again just to reinforce the fact that um, we have this inward man, we have the outward man, and the inward man is made up of various parts. And the inward man does have various titles given to it, the Bible never only gives it one name just like uh, uh, hell has different names given to it as well hell is referred to as Hades it is referred to as the bottomless pit it's referred to as the abyss outer darkness there's so many different names given to the same place so it is with regards to the inward man there are different titles given to that particular um, creation of God and we just need to be aware of that as we go through the scriptures. And so I've already alluded to the fact that the inward man obviously does have more than one part. And we have uh, we are identified in the series so far, and we'll just reinforce it now, is that the inward man, according to what we see in scripture, as revealed to us in the new covenant, because all of this revelation comes out to us in the new covenant. The Old Testament saints did not have this revelation. We do. Now the reason that the Holy Spirit gives us this revelation is because He's wanting us to apply it and thus be able to more effectively walk this Christian walk as God has called us to. And so that's the reason why we study these various parts because it all is made up, the whole man is still, you know, the fallen whole man. But we do need to recognize what parts we have and what role each part of the inward man Um, uh, performance, so that we can, you know, walk in the light of that. And so, I've said that the inward man has uh, four parts as revealed in Scripture. And the first Scripture we'll look at is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. The Scripture says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so there are three parts of man that is named straight away spirit, soul, and body. The Bible differentiates. The Holy Spirit has, has differentiated those three different parts of man. Now we understand that the body is referring to the outward man. But the inward man, now, is, uh, Scripture reveals to us, two separate parts to this inner man that is the spirit and the soul. And so there are two definite parts revealed to us in scripture that make up this person called the inner man, uh, which is the spirit and the soul. And then the other scripture we can look at, which um, speaks about the spirit and the soul again, is in Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. The scripture says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart and so here again the, the scripture uh, is highlighting to us this truth that the inner man has these two parts and these are the two main parts of the inner man uh we'll, we, we're going to touch on the other parts now but These two parts, again, are revealed to us, the spirit and the soul. But more enlightenment comes through in this particular passage of Scripture because this Scripture says to us that the Word of God is sharp enough to divide them, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. So again, just highlighting for us the fact that these two parts of our inner man are two separate parts. They're not one and the same. And so it's not a case that the soul is the spirit and the spirit is the soul. There's a lot of confusion in uh, being taught to the church over the, over the centuries because mankind hasn't really understood this truth. They should have, it's there, it's plain in the scriptures. Um, but a lot of, uh, in a lot of circles in the church, they use the term soul and spirit interchangeably. And they, they, their view of it is that it, the soul is the spirit and the spirit is the soul. But that is not the case. The Bible very plainly teaches us that these two parts of our inner man are, in fact, separate parts. They are completely um, function, they are in, um, joined together, basically. the scripture says it's really only the word of god that can separate them nothing else can separate the spirit and the soul because god has designed them to function together god god has designed this whole body that i'm I'm living in now to function as one so my heart doesn't do one thing and my brain goes off and does something else my whole body has to function together for my body to function Um, but nevertheless i do have all these different parts in the body which make up the whole body and so just as the inner man um, all of it fits in together and no part can function without any the other part they the whole has to function together all parts have to work together for the inner man to be able to function now but then nevertheless each part is a separate part and has a separate role to play in the makeup of man and that is really what we wanted to concentrate On in these series of teachings and so there the spirit and the soul can be separated but only the Word of God and when it says even it means that you know nothing else can separate the spirit and the soul another scripture we can look at now is in John chapter 1 verses 12 and 13 the scripture says but as many as received him to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And so here the scripture talks about the will of man. And that is another part to the inner man. It's a very important part. Um, we've dealt with it extensively in the series on on the will of uh, um, the will of man. And we've said that the will of man reigns supreme in the makeup of man because it is as an act of our wills that we decide which way we're going to walk in this life. And so... The will of man is very important, and it is a free will. Um, no one can override the the free will of man. God certainly doesn't override the free will of man. We're not going to get into any depth on it. Another scripture we can just uh, look at to highlight that the fact that man, part of the inner man, is the will of man, is in two Peter one twenty one. Scripture says, "For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke." As they were moved by the Holy Spirit and then another scripture Luke 22 42 says saying father if it is your will take this cup away from me nevertheless not my will but yours be done and so our Lord Jesus displayed that the fact that he had his own will and his own will was free he he submitted his will to the will of the Father and so it's not a case that God has created robots and you know God just pushes a button. We all, all go out and do whatever God has programmed us to do. Not at all. We have this gift given to us by God called the free will. And we choose whether we're going to submit our will to the will of the Father or whether we're not going to do that and whether we're going to go off and do our own thing. And God permits us to do that for he has given us this gift called a free will. And so mankind has the soul, has the spirit, has a will, all part of the inner man. And then the next scripture we can look at is Acts twenty four sixteen says, This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and men. And so here we go again. There's another part of the inward man that's revealed to us. Um, and let's just read the next scripture. Uh, John's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 9, says, Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last, and Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the, in the midst. And so we see another part of the inner man revealed to us in Scripture, in fact, the, the, and called the conscience. And the conscience is revealed to us in Scripture for the very first time in the Gospel of John, John chapter 8, verse 9. That's the first time the, gospel, the the conscience is mentioned in the Bible. It's never mentioned under the Old Covenant. So again, we just it's just highlighting uh, for us the blessedness that we, we have under the New Covenant. For the Scripture says in the book of Hebrews we have a better covenant established on better promises. And because we have this better covenant established on better promises, we need to have a, a better understanding of the covenant which we have um, because we have been given so much more and under this covenant we have been given so much more revelation as well because God has given us so much more we need to have more understanding of that which we've been given so that we can walk in the fullness thereof and so the Conscience is mentioned for the very first time under the New Covenants, never mentioned before under the Old but it was always there under the Old and the Conscience has its own role to play in the uh, makeup of man. It's another part of the inner man and we won't get into any kind of depth on uh, the teaching on the Conscience because we've done the whole series on the Conscience of Man and so you can go back and uh, go and listen to that series of teachings to get a a better understanding of what the conscience of man is all about for it does play a separate role it has a different function to the soul of man the spirit of man and the will of man all of these four parts of the inner man each has, has its own part to play and so it's so important for us as believers to understand what the various parts are what their role and function is, and then we can more clearly understand, as I say, scripture, interpreting scripture, rightly dividing the word of truth, and we can then uh, learn how to uh, impact on these various parts of our inner man so that we can begin to walk as God always intended, that we should walk. And so those are... We've now looked at the, the spirit of man, the, the soul. We've kind of just touched on the fact that the soul and the spirit are not the same. So we, we've identified that. Um, we looked at the will and we've looked at the conscience. But in this series, as we said, we want to concentrate on the mind of man because that is the fourth part of our inner man, which we have not yet touched on in any kind of depth. We're going to do that in more depth in this series. Now, in order to start out, because again, we're just laying the groundwork so that we can build on that as we progress through this series of teachings, we need to understand that this in scripture um, that the soul, the mind, and the understanding are all one and the same. They are synonymous terms in scripture. Um, however, now it's synonymous terms in scripture. The mind and understanding. It, it, it's an, a no-brainer. No you can see it in Scripture very clearly that they are synonymous terms. The soul not always so clearly can be seen in Scripture that it is referring to the mind or the understanding when you read the soul in Scripture. Because as I've said, uh, depending on the context of the Scripture, the soul can also be referring to the whole man. Mm-hmm. Just like the heart in Scripture very often under the new covenant refers to and also the old refers to the spirit of man but nevertheless quite often the heart of man also refers to the whole of the inner man Um, and so you have to bear that in mind when looking at the term heart and soul in scripture in context you can then uh, decide all right this is now referring to the whole of man the inner man that is or it's referring to now my mind or understanding but by and large, in the New Testament, when the scripture refers to the soul, it is referring to the mind, which is referring to the understanding. All three terms uh, are just different names given to the same part of our inner man, which is our mind, because we, we're we heading the series called The Mind of Man, and we, we're saying that, that that is what the part is. Um, And so we've seen already in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, the Bible very plainly teaches us that there is the the, uh, whole spirit, soul and body. It refers to those three parts of man, spirit, soul and body. Now may your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So those three parts are mentioned very clearly in that passage of scripture, spirit, soul and body. Now, if we go to the old covenant and the old covenant the bible also refers to the spirit the soul and the body but it calls in that passage of scripture we can look at it now it calls the spirit the heart remember what i said to you that depending on the context of the passage of scripture the heart can either refer to the whole of the inner man or it can refer specifically to the spirit of the inner man now, in this passage of scripture, which we're about to read now, the term heart is in fact referring specifically to the spirit of the inner man. It's not referring to the whole inner man. And the scripture is in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. This is one of the commandments given by God uh, to the children of Israel. And he says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. With all your soul, and with all your strength, and so he, the Lord speaks to the children of Israel, and he gives them. He identifies three different parts of man. He said, he called, he says, he, he speaks about the heart, the soul, and their strength. Now let's bring that over into the New Testament. And let's equate that to uh, one Thessalonians five twenty three that we read earlier. May the God of um, May God keep your whole spirit, soul, and body blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there you go, spirit, soul, body. Old covenant, says, uh, the Lord speaks about it. He says, heart, soul, strength. Spirit, soul, body, heart, soul, strength. So this, the, the body of, the, the New Testament refers to the outward man, the body of man, under the Old Covenant refers to the strength of man. So our strength is the body. That's the the correlation between those two. The soul is the soul in both passages of Scripture. And the the differentiation also kicks in, in that the spirit under the New Testament is called the heart under the Old, um, and vice versa, obviously. So that's three parts of man identify the same three parts that are spoken about in 1 Thessalonians 5.23 is spoken about in Deuteronomy 6.5. God speaks about that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And so we could quite easily just to say the same thing. You shall love the Lord your God with all your spirit, with all your soul, and with all your body. Because under the new covenant, what do we do? We met to present our bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God and so yes because our bodies have become the temple of God taught to us very plainly in the book of Corinthians and so that's the correlation there between that passage of Scripture and 1 Thessalonians 5.23 we need to understand that because now we're going to expand because we're wanting to just uh, uh, confirm from Scripture the statement that I've made That is that uh, in the New Testament specifically, the term soul, mind and understanding is referring to the same part of the inner man. And so we have now identified that the New Testament calls the spirit. um, It speaks about the spirit, the soul and the body. Old Covenant speaks about the heart, the soul and strength. And so those are the the three terms that are pretty much uh, related to each other. But now we want to look at a a scripture where there is another concept that is added to it. Okay, and let's read the scripture and then, then we'll comment. Mark chapter 12, verse 29 and 30. Scripture says, Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And so the the, the the discourse is taking place between our Lord Jesus and one of the Jewish scribes. The Jewish scribe had asked the Lord in front of everybody, which is the greatest commandment of all? And so our Lord had, is replying to him he's saying, Uh, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That is, and any Jew will quote that to you, that they quote, off by heart that they know. So our Lord quoted it to the scribe. Then our Lord goes on and he says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Now, what our Lord is doing there is He's quoting the commandment that we read earlier in, given to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse 5. And He's quoting it almost word for word, because that's what God uh, commanded the Jews. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Our Lord quotes it almost word for word, except one thing. Our Lord adds in something because he doesn't quote them exactly the same. He says, You shall love the Lord. This is now Lord speaking. He says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, same as Deuteronomy, with all your soul, same as Deuteronomy. But then he adds in with all your mind, not mentioned under the Old Covenant. And then he says, And with all your strength, same as Deuteronomy. So our Lord adds in this other aspect, the mind, and he links it with the soul, he, for he links with and with all your soul, with all your mind, those two he brings together. But he adds it in. Now, that's not what the Old Testament scripture said. It never said that you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. It just said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. It just lists those three. But when our Lord interprets the commandment to the scribe, he adds in with all your mind and so our Lord is just basically saying to us the soul and the mind are synonymous terms it means the same thing and let's just see an interesting uh, aspect to this passage because now what happens because now the scribe had put the challenge out to the Lord in front of everybody Lord what is the greatest commandment of all and so our Lord comes back to him with what all Jews quote and then quotes that particular commandment about you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart soul and mind and strength now nobody gets excited when our Lord adds in with all your mind, um, because look at the reply given to him now by the scribe. Because don't forget, this discourse is taking place in front of all everyone, and there's some very because they're in the temple, and there's some very knowledgeable Jewish scribes standing around there. And believe you me, had our Lord spoken any kind of heresy, they would have you know really could have got up to stone him. Um, but look at the reply given to our Lord by the scribe who had posed the question initially to the Lord. And he says, the scripture says, Mark 12, 32 to 34, the scripture says, So the scribe said to him, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth. For there is one God, and there is no other but he. And to love him with all the heart. So he's now going back to that same Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. He's quoting it to the Lord. And to love him with all the heart and with, now look at what he does, and with all the understanding, with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor, now he adds in, and to love one's neighbor as oneself, is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices, verse 34. Now when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you're not far from the kingdom of God. But after that, no one did question him. So when the scribe replies back to the Lord he says Lord you've answered correctly but when he replies back to the Lord he doesn't reply word for word what the Lord uh, uh, mentioned because he replies um, in verse 33 and to love him with all the heart now he adds in something else himself he says with all the understanding with all the soul and with all the strength so he he Except up those same four categories that our Lord has spoken about. Don't forget, God, when he gave the commandment, only spoke of three. He spoke of the heart, the soul, and the strength. Nothing else. He only mentioned those three. When Jesus quotes it, he quotes the heart, the soul, the mind, and the strength. So he, uh, our Lord has linked the mind and the soul together. When the scribe quotes it back to the Lord, he quotes it heart and understanding soul and strength and so he calls what our Lord called the mind he calls understanding it's two different words slightly different words but Jesus doesn't say okay you got it wrong I said the mind and now you're coming back to me with the understanding no the Bible says Jesus said he saw that he answered wisely and again don't forget you've got a lot of Jewish people knowledgeable scribes standing around And if either of these two are going off at a tangent, they would have all said something. But all the Jews understood that the soul and the mind and the understanding were synonymous terms. And that is why our Lord could quote it like he did, with all the soul and with all the mind. And that is why the scribe could quote it like he did, with all the understanding and with all the soul. Because soul, mind and understanding... In Scripture, by and large, are synonymous terms. They all refer to the same part of the inner man. But as I say, there is the provisor with the term soul, because depending on the context of the Scripture, soul can refer to the whole the whole man, really, which would include the outward, outer man and the inner man, because when eight souls were saved on Noah's ark, that was talking about the inner man and the outer man. The whole, the whole man was called the soul. And so we need to just keep that in mind when we read Scripture, the context that we're reading it in. But nevertheless, I just wanted to highlight the fact that as we go into this series of teachings, because it will help us to more clearly understand passages of Scripture as we go into it, that under the New Covenant specifically, because it's really the Lord um, that introduced us to this expansion of the soul as to include the mind. Because he, he tagged the mind onto the soul when he quoted scripture. And as I say, the scribe tagged understanding onto the soul when he quoted it. And the Lord said you yeah, you've answered wisely. So that's the, the, the um, framework that we're working with, with regards to this teaching on the mind of man. And that is that this, in New Testament, soul, mind, and understanding are, depend, are pretty much synonymous terms, all referring to the same part of our inner man. But now we want to just now re-emphasize and just reconfirm the fact that the soul and the spirit are completely separate parts of man, joined together, but nevertheless separate parts of man. Um, So let's go back to 1 Thessalonians 5.23. The scripture says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, spirit, soul, and body, um, three different parts. Two different parts of the inner man. We've looked at Hebrews 4.12. says that the the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even, to the division of soul and spirit. And so the spirit and the soul can certainly be divided, but they can only be divided by the word of God. Now the spirit and the soul never are divided. They never are separated. Um, When our inner man departs from these bodies, uh, when when these physical bodies expire, the whole inner man Spirit, soul, body, and... <laughs> the whole inner man, the will, the conscience, the soul, and the spirit, all depart together. So none of that gets left behind. The only part that gets left behind is the outward man. The whole inner man goes. Now, a believer will go to be with the Lord in heaven. An unbeliever will go to be in torment in hell. And so the whole inner man goes one way or the other. They don't get separated. They don't, you don't leave your soul behind. You don't leave your will behind and only your spirit goes to heaven. That's not the way it works. The whole inner man leaves and, and goes to be with the Lord Jesus if we are believers. In Matthew 27, 50, the scripture says, this is when our Lord is on the cross and scripture says, and Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. So there our Lord's spirit left his physical body. But in another scripture, the scripture says in Acts 20, uh, 2, verse 27, our Lord speaking, He said, For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to seek corruption. And so, there, our Lord is speaking to the whole inner man when He talks about his soul, because it wasn't because His spirit left His body. Now, His spirit didn't go to heaven and His soul went to hell, not at all. The whole of our Lord's inner man went down into hell. And the Bible talks specifically about He yielded up His spirit. But it, it, as I say, the scripture it later says, our Lord speaking, he says, you will not leave my soul in Hades, um, talking about his whole inner man. And so I said, as we, we need to understand that depending on the context of the scripture, the soul can be referring to the mind or the understanding, or it can be referring to the whole uh, of man. Now, the spirit and the soul are completely uh separate from the the functions that they perform and the roles that they play in the makeup of man. And a scripture that highlights that truth to us very clearly is in one Corinthians uh fourteen fourteen. Because don't forget we say the soul, the mind and the understanding are synonymous terms. But and those three, which is the same thing, is not the spirit. Um, one Corinthians fourteen fourteen says, For if I pray in a tongue my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. And so when we pray those who are filled with Holy Spirit and speak with other tongues, when we pray in tongues, it is our spirits that, are, that have taken control of our vocal cords and are speaking out in their language directly to God. But the understanding, our minds, our souls, have no clue as to what we're saying. They have no understanding of that language. The spirit obviously does understand what they're saying, because in one Corinthians fourteen four, the scripture says that we edify ourselves, and this particular fourteen fourteen implies that. For it says, uh, "For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful." So it's implying that my spirit is fruitful, my understanding is unfruitful. Doesn't it? Doesn't understand the language spoken, but my spirit is fruitful because my spirit does understand the language spoken. And that's why we say in 1 Corinthians 14.4, the scripture says he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. What does it mean? He's talking about edifying his spirit. The reason that the spirit of man is edified when we uh, when we speak in tongues is because the spirit of man understands the language that has been spoken. And so the understanding and the spirit are complete st- have complete separate roles to play in the makeup of the inner man um and so that's now we can understand some more scripture because as i said we do need to um by understanding these different parts of man we can understand and interpret scripture more accurately romans chapter 12 verse 2 says and be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That same word translated mind in this passage is the same word that is translated understanding in the passage where we read in 1 Corinthians 14. 14, if, we, if I pray with a tongue, um, in a tongue my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. That word understanding and the word mind in Romans 12 two, same word. So the understanding and the mind are synonymous terms and the soul we've already dealt with but he's saying here that our minds or our understanding or our soul has to be renewed means that when we come into the kingdom of God because he says be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so in other words as my mind is renewed so I'm being transformed so when we come into this kingdom Um, Our minds have not yet been renewed. They have to now begin to become renewed. Um, But on the other hand, when I'm born again, my spirit is a brand new creation. So I get a complete new spirit. My spirit doesn't get renewed. My spirit is a new creation. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new, and all things are of God. Talking about the spirit of the man. And so, so you can see, if, if we were to think that our understanding, our spirit were all the same thing, well then we we we'd get confused, because how can I be a new creation, but I have to still renew that creation? that's not the case it is purely our thinking that has to be renewed our understanding has to be renewed our minds have to be renewed our souls have to be renewed but our spirits are brand new creations and so that's one of the reasons why we we go through this teaching so that we can more clearly understand what we have to do uh, in order to become more like christ because ultimately that's the aim because each one of us have been predestined by God to be conformed into the image of His Son. And it's a journey that we go on, and we need to understand how to go on this journey, what um, what, uh, what we have available to us. And so the mind and the spirit are completely separate um, and have two complete separate functions. and So when we come into the kingdom of God, we still have carnal thinking, the Bible calls it worldly thinking is carnal thinking it's the way this world thinks and so when we're born again we still think like we always thought we um, we don't get a brand new mind now we can think as God thinks straight away not at all Um, we still think as the world thinks and so that has to be a renewing process we have to now change the way we think and we need to start thinking in line with the way God thinks but when we're born again our spirits are brand new creation the old man dies and the new man it has come. Now, another scripture that just reinforces the fact that God um, differentiates between the heart, which is the spirit, and the mind, is in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16. And that's revealed to us under this covenant that we're under now. It was never, it, it, it's an Old Testament prophetic word given. But God spoke about, in, at that time, spoke about it futuristically because He couldn't bring up about what He, he speaks to us about under the New Covenant because they, He couldn't do what He can do for us to them. Let's read it and we can, I'll just explain it quickly. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 16, the scripture says, This is the covenant, this is God speaking, that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. So God speaks about two different parts of man, the heart and the mind. And he says he'll put his laws into our hearts, and he'll write them in our minds. Now, he couldn't do that under the Old Covenant because their hearts, spirits, were spiritually dead. He could not put his law into their spirits. Um, it couldn't happen. He could write his law on their minds, but the the, the scripture never teaches us that God wrote their law on their mind. The scripture does teach us, for them, they had to meditate upon the law, and then God would um, change their thinking along those lines. But under the new covenant, God himself writes his law on our minds and also on our hearts. In another passage of scripture in Hebrews um, The writer quotes the same uh, passage again from the Old Testament. He just reverses it. uh, I haven't got the verse of Scripture here, but you can go go look it up. It's still in Hebrews 10. He says, I will write them on their hearts and put them in their minds. So God covers both. He writes and puts His laws into our hearts, and He writes and puts His laws into our minds. But nevertheless, God differentiates between the two, the heart, which is the spirit, and the mind. So you know, people say, okay, but I thought my spirit was born again. Yes, it is. But still, it has to be fed with the Word of God. And so the Word of God is put into our spirit in the form of water. The seed is there. The water, our water is that seed. God gives the increase. We don't want to get technical about it. But the point is, is that mind and spirit are two different parts of, of, of the inner man. And the, the mind is... The synonymous term for the mind under the New Covenant is soul, mind, and understanding. And as we go through this series of teaching, you will have a clearer understanding as to you know why we 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 have to interpret the scripture like it's uh, that uh, as it says. And that's as far as we want to cover on today's teaching. We just wanted to lay the groundwork about the fact that the mind is separate from the spirit, they, and understanding is uh, separate from the spirit. And the soul, the mind and the understanding are synonymous terms under the new covenant. And we're going to end the teaching on that particular point today.